If you are able, please stand for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 22, a correction from the beacon that had chapter 23, verses 34 through 46. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. <clears throat> While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord. For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. For a few minutes today, I want to speak from the topic of gracious and merciful God. Let us pray. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing to you, for truly you are our source of strength and you are our redeemer. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. I don't know about you, but this week as I listen to the news, uh, needless to say, continuous concern arises. Uh, be it the fact that we continue to see disparities regarding our healthcare system, our educational system, our socioeconomic system, be it the increase of the coronavirus pandemic, a pandemic that we cannot forget about, a pandemic that we must keep before us so that we can do all within our power to pray for a vaccine, to pray for a cure, to make sure that people are able to receive the tests and the care that they need. There's so much going on in this world and that's why it's so important for us to enter into that sacred space where we will have an encounter with the awesome living God who will remind us of what we need to be reminded of. Hannah, this is a very special day in the life of this church. It's a very special day for you as well. And so as I think about the scripture lessons, as I think about the fact that this is Confirmation Sunday for you, whereby you have said, I declare that I will accept the vows that were made on my behalf. I will confirm them to be my own vows. I want to share with you today, and the, and the congregation will be overhearing our conversation. I want to share with you today that in this world, you are going to have challenges. You've already had some challenges. You have experienced pain that many people have not experienced. The death of your mother, 
Not everyone has experienced that loss. In this life, you are going to be tempted in ways that others have not been tempted. In this world, you're going to be presented with choices and options. And so here's the question. What do you need to hold on to? What do you need to remember? As you continue on this journey called discipleship, as you continue on this journey called life. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, I'm sorry, in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 12, just 12 verses, I would suggest to you that you get a glimpse of what you can hold on to as you continue, especially what you can hold on to regarding this God who Jesus Christ has revealed. The first thing that you can hold on to is God is a God who keeps God's promises. When you look at this text, God says to Moses, I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that I would bless them with land, the promised land. And what we see is that God has kept that promise. God is a God of promise. Whatever God has promised you, and as you continue to read and study God's word, you will continue to discover the promises. I want you to know today, God will keep God's promises. God is not man, that God should lie, and God is not the son of man, that God will ever have to repent. God will keep God's promises. The second thing, as I look at this text that I want you to hold on to, is that God is a God who loves to be in relationship with God's people. In this particular text, we are told that God knew Moses. He knew him by name. He saw Moses. They had this relationship that was an intimate relationship. God desires that kind of relationship with you and has made it possible through Jesus Christ. God knows your name, Hannah. God knows everything about you, and God loves you with the love that you cannot begin to fathom today. And I'll go back and say what I said before. During my quiet time, thinking about you, there is nothing that you will ever be able to say, do, or think that will keep God from loving you as much as God loves you today. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and following says, in essence, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God as revealed through Jesus Christ. Hold on to that. No matter how you feel, some people think life is about feelings. It's not. Feelings are good. God has blessed us with feelings. But feelings are not equivalent to facts. And the fact is that there is nothing that you will ever be able to do to keep God from loving you. Our God is a God of relationship and has proven that over and over again in the giving of his son. We remember, God loved the world, so he gave his son so that all who would accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord would enter into that relationship, that intimate relationship with God. God longs to be in relationship with people. And I'll share something with you, Hannah. To better understand that relationship, you must continue to read and study God's word. You must continue to pray. You must continue to take time to listen. You're never too young. You're never too young for God to whisper in your ear and share with you what the plans God has for you. So yes, God is a God of promise. 
God is a God of relationship. And as I look at, again, verses 1 through 12 of Deuteronomy chapter 34, I'm mindful of the fact that God is a God of preparation. You see, um, we know that Moses disappointed God. We know that uh, when Moses had the opportunity to honor God, to show who God was before the people of, of Israel, Moses became angry. If you go back to Numbers uh, chapter 20, we find that the people were complaining because they had no water, and, and God told Moses to go and, and lead the people to this place, and I'll provide them with water. And the text says that Moses, in anger, struck the rock. He didn't honor God. He didn't honor God. He didn't honor God. And yet, in spite of Moses' behavior, in spite of Moses' behavior, God still was a God of preparation. And, and early on in Deuteronomy, God said to Moses, uh, Moses, you will not go into the promised land because of how you dishonored me, but one, I'm going to show you um, the promised land. And secondly, I'm going to bring you to myself. God is a God of preparation, and that's something that we have to remember. If you were to turn around and look at the people in this sanctuary and even those who are watching, I won't ask you to do it, on Facebook Live, that's what we all need to remember, that whatever we face, it may be surprising, it may be a shock to us, but the God who we serve is a God of preparation. He has already made preparation for that that we are facing. What we have to do is to be quiet and ask God, how am I to deal with this? The coronavirus is a great example. And there are others who would have a, a better explanation than your pastor. And by the way, you need to know how honored I am to be your pastor. There are people who are taken aback by the coronavirus. All of us should be. It's a pandemic. But there are those who are still fretting and, and, and trying to figure out how can we go back we won't be able to go back totally, completely to the way things were. No, we're called to adapt. We're called to ask God, how are we to live in this new reality whereby we must practice social distancing? And because the scientists say that we need to wear masks, we will wear a mask. And because the scientists say that that distance is important, we will, we will monitor that six feet distance. How can we adapt? I would suggest to you that if we did less, if we committed less time to complaining about what we have to do and celebrate what we can do in order for us to continue to live, in order to continue to engage with others, I think we would find that, that um, we will get through this experience for however long it lasts, known as a pandemic. So God is a God of preparation. And then finally, I want to say to you, Hannah, God is a God of provision. Moses knows that he will not lead the people to the promised land. God has already told him that. And yet, if we look at those 12 verses, what we see is God says to Moses, in essence, Joshua is the man, Joshua is my servant, who will lead them into the promised land. God has made provisions for the Israelites. They will not be leaderless. God is a God of provisions. What do you need? Where are you lacking? What do you desire? Whatever your need is, whatever your need is, God is obligated to meet that need. Now, here's the challenge for us, Hannah. 
The challenge is that I must separate need from want because God has promised. Philippians chapter uh, 4, verses 19 and following, I will meet all of your needs and God will meet all of your needs according to God's riches in glory through Christ Jesus. God will meet your needs. We have to learn to separate the need from the want. Okay? But I'll tell you this. This is what's exciting. God will give us our, some of our wants. Not all of them, because not all of our wants are good. But God will give us some of our wants. Yeah, so this God, this God who we read about in Deuteronomy, this God who keeps God's promises, this God who longs to be in a relationship with us, this God who is a God of preparation, this God who is a God of provision. <laughs> it's the same God who Jesus Christ has revealed. And today you have confirmed that I will be a follower of Jesus Christ. No, no turning back, I'm gonna go forward. Forget about anything that happened when I was 11 or 12 or 13. And as the congregation would say, I'll forget about the things that happened when I was 30, 40, 50, or 60. I'm going forward. I'm going forward. I'm going to follow Jesus. You know, here's the good thing. Even when we mess up, even when we mess up, and by the way, you will. Raise your hands because we have. Look around, turn around, look at the people. See, we're not perfect. I forgot to tell you, this church is not made up of perfect people. There are no perfect people. There are none, not on this side of life. No, when we mess up, we ask for forgiveness and then we keep moving forward. I had to throw that, I had to just add that. That was not a part of my sermon, so now let me get back to my sermon in conclusion. In conclusion, today you confirmed your vows that were made on your behalf. Today, Jesus Christ declares to you, Hannah, because you belong to him and because he belongs to you, he will be with you to keep the promises. He will be with you to deepen the relationship that you have together. He will be with you to prepare you for whatever life offers to you. And he will be with you to make sure that your needs are met. You are a gift to this congregation. Just as your siblings who have been confirmed before you, members of this congregation, your dad, you are a gift. And I will tell you, in closing, I, I can't wait to see how else God will continue to use you, not only here, but also in your mission field, which is your local high school. I can't wait to see how God will use your personality, your desire to treat everybody right. I can't wait to hear how God is using you, even as you play softball. God will use anyone and everyone. And, and let me say this because the congregation knows that I will, I will have to bring it up. It doesn't matter how young you are and it doesn't matter how old you are. God still can use you and God desires to use you. Look at the text. 
the text says that Moses was 120 years old. Now, someone would say, but Pastor Michelle, Pastor Michelle, we don't count ages today the way they did in biblical times. So let me reframe it for you. Moses was an old man. And yet, Moses still made himself available to God to be used. There is no expiration date when it comes to being used by God. Oh, there's only one, death. But until then, God can use each and every one of us. Let us pray. Loving and gracious Lord, our God, for this day, we give you thanks. And for this, your daughter, Hannah, we thank you. We just pray your continuous blessings upon her. We thank you for the ways in which she will continue to model her love for you in word, in deed, through her prayers, through her presence here. She's been such a faithful attendee here. Through the, her giving of her time and of her resources, and through her service and her witness, how faithful she is to be in the nursery room. Bless her as I ask that you will bless us so that we can be a blessing to your daughter. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.